0: Why don't we stand to our feet today? Just very quickly this morning. I'm going to make sure that there's no distractions on my end here. Get everything ready to go. But let's go before the Lord this morning. If you could give me just a little bit more up here, I'd appreciate it. If we can lift up our hands this morning, let's just go before the Lord in prayer. I know that many of you all have already been back praying, but if you don't mind, let's lift up our hands one more time and just ask the Lord to be involved and ask the Lord to do what he wants to in this in this service in its in, entirety for the entire service structure for the Sunday school for the Sunday morning service that we would just ask the Lord to release what he has ready and available today. God, we come before you. Lord, as your people, we ask you to move as you desire to move. We ask you to operate As you desire to operate, Lord, whatever you have in store for us, Lord, I pray that your will and your purpose would be accomplished this morning. I pray that every heart that you have already determined to work within, every mind that you have already determined to shore up, Lord, we pray right now that you would begin to move in a mighty way in those hearts and in those minds in the name of Jesus. Anoint every singer, anoint every musician, Anoint every speaker in the name of Jesus to give forth your message. And somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's perfect right there. Thank you. You can be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to let everybody know this morning that uh, at our house in uh, San Antonio, Texas, that there was a murder that took place this week. At our house, it was me, Amen. And you're going to understand what I'm talking about as I begin to progress into the message this morning. Do you mind if I take off my jacket? It feels. Is that that all right? But you'll understand what I'm talking about as we move into this this morning, and I'm going to try. To move quickly and, uh, and, and get us out at about the same time we did last time. But I felt this in about Tuesday of this week, beginning, and the Lord just began to let this flow within me, and I want to share this with you. I want to transfer it to you. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through five, Hebrews chapter 12 verse one through five. And if he has that putting that up on the screen, I would appreciate that as well. But Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 5 is a very popular passage of Scripture. Many of us might know it by heart, but it begins, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Verse number 2 is what I want to focus on, uh, but... 1 through 5, we have to understand the context of 1 through 5. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, least Ye be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving and, and against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor fate when thou art rebuked of him. So Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy... That was set before him. I want you to notice what is going on within this passage of Scripture. The writer of Hebrews is trying to transfer unto the reader, whoever that they might be, and in whatever time span that they might be, that Jesus had a joy that was set before him. And he endured a cross in order to get into the joy. And so he says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now many times I want to teach to you this morning off of this topic, the yield of a cross, the yielding of a cross. And so many times in our walks with God, we see joys that are set before us, correct? And if you don't know me, I'm gonna I'm going to introduce you to me a little bit here, uh, as we are going through this. But uh, we with when I'm preaching, it's call and response. If you say something, that lets me know that you got what I'm what I'm saying at that moment. A lot of time, my, that's perfect. Thank you, Sister Grant. That's my wife. A lot of times, she'll just say "Amen." She might not even be listening, but she'll say "Amen." She might not be even paying attention to what I'm saying, but she's going to respond to me because she knows if she responds, then I'll keep going and I won't get belabored. Amen? You guys got it. Perfect. And so when you're looking at this, we see joys that are set before us, but many times uh, in order to get to those joys, there are crosses that are in the way of getting to those joys. Crosses and chastisement. Corrections and things that are painful and are agonizing normally lead to a place to where there is a joy or goodness beyond that. Everything that God has told me that I could have, every promise that He has spoken to me, has always come through some place of difficulty. It has never just been, here you go and there it is. But it has always been, it, it is, and, I, and I read this the other day, and it was so beautiful. Uh, it is not my words. It is somebody else's words. But he said, the gift of God is the feeling or sense of what's ahead. Does that make sense? The gift of God is that feeling or that sense that something is coming, that something is beyond. I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to get there. But I know that there's something that is there. And so that is the gift of God. You might not know what's going to happen, but you feel that something definitely is getting ready to happen. And so that is that gift that God begins to give unto us. Amen? Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him... Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Amen. Now, the cross, when you look into this, that what Matthew is talking about or what Matthew is regurgitating, what Matthew is repeating, what the Lord began to say, the Lord spoke that unto him and said, Look, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Me. So when you see the issues of crosses coming before joys and 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 difficulties coming before futures, then you begin to see the importance and what I begin what I believe that the Lord began to place within my heart so strong this last week is that is the importance of that cross to get you to the place of your future the importance of that cross to get you to the place where God wants you to be. Amen? If I can just stop and pause right here for a moment and say this, without the cross, none of us would have been here. Amen? Without a cross, Jesus Christ would have never been perfected. His ultimate goal would have never been seen and shown forth without the pain of a cross. He had to carry His own cross, amen? And so, looking into this, a cross, many times today, in today's world, we have glorified a cross. We have set it up on a pedestal. Many churches, and I'm not getting on, if, if you have a cross, I'm not getting on to that. I'm just saying that many people have chosen the cross to be a symbol of grace and mercy. And while today, that is, revelant it is because of the cross there is grace and mercy that is available but a cross was never meant and never had uh, or, or held a term for hope for hopefulness a cross was always an instrument of hopelessness never a term for hopefulness because the cross was always an instrument of cruelty you don't never if we were Today, if those men that had gone along the streets of their cities and seen the crosses, which were not just simply a cross in an axe that was erected out of the ground, but many of them were just poles that were stuck into the ground, and they would crucify people with their hands over their head and their feet below them, and there was not necessarily a cross that they would would nail two pieces together. It would simply be a pole that they stuck into the ground. Amen? And so those men coming today would, every time they viewed a cross, they would shudder at the thought of the cross because a cross was never a symbol of hope, mercy, or grace, but the cross was always a symbol of terror. Every instance, it was always a symbol of terror. It existed only to bring the slow, agonizing death by suffocation to the man left without strength to draw breath. The cross would expend the energy out of a man. The pain inflicted on the cross would cause a man's strength to ebb out of him or a woman's strength to ebb out of her so much that they could no longer... Up again because of the pain to draw breath. so therefore the cross brought forth death unto them because of the suffocation, for they were no longer able to live again. Amen? That's very important for us to understand. They were no longer able to live again with who they were. The crucifixion Whenever we hear that terminology, crucified, crucifixion, it was never a point, Sister Grant, that that they determined, we're going to put you up there on that pole or on that cross. We're going to let you suffer for a little bit. Then we're going to take you down and you're still going to live. The cross or crucifixion never was just a punishment only. But crucifixion was always unto death. It was never a place to where it was just for a moment in time. And then they were taken down and they still lived. But every person that got onto a cross stayed on that cross until they died. And so in Matthew 16 and 24, when Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. To every man that wants to follow God. Now, I understand this morning, you're looking at me and like, my Lord, we've only heard you, this will be the third time and you're getting very, you're, you're messing with me right now. Don't be worried about it. Amen? The Lord is showing us something in the Scripture. Are we following God? I want you to raise your hand if you are actively following God. Raise your hand. Some of you are here, and you're not raising your hands. Are you, you're not following God. You're, you're just here. There is nothing else better for us to do this morning. Amen? I'm joking. I'm kidding, y'all. I'm being funny this morning. I'm trying to get you to laugh a little bit. Amen? Loosen y'all up a little bit. Amen? So if we are following after God, then what must we do? Not my words, but the words of Jesus Christ. What do I have to do? Can you respond to me? Somebody shout it out. Sister Grant's got it. Anybody else? If we're going to follow God, if any man will follow after me and follow God, what are the things that we must do to begin to follow him? Shout it out. Bear my cross. Deny myself. These are words I don't like. I, I don't know if you like them. I don't like them. Deny myself. I like myself. In fact, when I was up on a tree the other day, Sister Grant, and I was out on a limb helping somebody hang some Christmas lights at the church, I was out on that limb, and they said, Oh, be careful, Brother Carney. And I said, Don't worry. I like me more than you like me. I like me, amen? I like me more than my wife likes me. I like me more than my kids like me. You probably like yourself more than you like anybody else. Amen? If you don't, there's probably something wrong with you. Everybody likes yourself. Amen? And so the problem, that and, and in that is the problem. See, when my will comes over God's will, God's will is not accomplished. So he said, in order for me to get done within the confines of humanity, Because I'm not going to choose to work through something else. And I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. I'm not going to choose something else in order to cause my will to come to pass. So I am going to work within the confines of the human mind, the human will, the human body. Understanding that if he's going to use me to get something done, there are boundaries and confines He's going to have to work with. I am not infinite in my knowledge. I am weak. I do the wrong thing at times. There are things within me that are wrong. Amen. And so there are confines within my humanity. And so he said, in order for me to get done what I need to get done, you're going to have to do something within who you are. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow after me. Deny yourself the most unpopular message in the time of Thanksgiving and Christmas. I can't tell you folks there was a murder that went on at my house this week because it's holiday time. I want to eat everything that I can. I want to enjoy pie. I want to enjoy cake. I want to enjoy turkey. I want to go out and spend money. I want to do, I want to, I don't know, folks, does anybody else feel like that during the holiday times? I want to go out and have fun. I want to go out and have fun. I want to begin to do things that I don't get to do along the rest of the year. Amen? And so the most unpopular message at this point in time, deny yourself. Deny yourself, but can't we wait till January in order to deny ourselves? Can't we wait till a little bit later? I want to have fun right now, folks. I'm telling you there was a murder at my house this week because denying yourself means to forget oneself, to lose sight of oneself and interests. It means that Whatever is within my flesh, whatever's going on within me, one man's selfishness is different than the next. It might be intellect, pleasure, control, but everything about this has to do with self-denial and self-sacrifice. Somebody say, my God, lighten up a little bit this morning. No, you you don't want me to lighten up. I got you. Okay. All right. Self-denial and self-sacrifice, two things that every person must do. So this week, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I'm very transparent. I believe that transparency is needed. Okay? So I normally have a decent fasting regimen, Sister Grant. And I've been doing great this whole year. Well, about the beginning of October, I kind of fell off my fasting schedule. And it it would be about, it would be either every week for a day or every two weeks, two days, or I'd mix it up every once in a while. But within a month, I was getting at least four days of fasting within that month. And I felt that that was a good trade-off. Well, October, I kind of let some things slip a little bit, got a little busy, got a little distracted, and I said, well, I'll just fast next week. We got this special deal going up. I don't want to fast during that time. Uh, we, I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel bad, so I'm going to wait till the following week. And the following week, there was something else, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to wait right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait. Uh, I'm going to gear myself up and then... Uh, And two weeks from now, I'll do it. Well, I got in, and what is it? It's December right now. And I looked back, and I noticed I had not fasted October, November, and part of December. And I said, My God, no wonder I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling right now. And so I began to say, You know what? Okay. And the Lord began to move upon me and say, Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow after me. And so on Tuesday, I had it set out, Sister Grant. Now, don't you all make fun of me because I'm getting better every day. Amen? Every day, I'm getting better. Every year, I'm better than the last year, okay? So I get in there. Now, I hadn't fasted for two months, So Tuesday I said, oh God, you know what, And we had this party that we had to go to, I said, you know what, if I'm going to eat tonight, I just might as well eat right now, and I'm just going to start on Wednesday. So I started on Wednesday, and all day Wednesday, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, I would have to close my eyes and shake my head to try not to think about eating. I'd have to close my eyes and go, you know what, this is horrible. This is horrible. Why am I even sharing this with you? It's not right to share when you're fasting. It steals part of the the glory, if you will. I want you to see the murder that has to go on in order to follow after Christ. Because here I am, you think, hey, I don't know if you think I've got it all together. I don't, okay? I'm getting it all together. But here it is, and I'm going, Oh, God, you would think that after being in church uh, since 2019, I can't even calculate up that, or 20, uh, 2001, that's 11, that's almost 20 years, 17, 18 years, that it would be easier for me to dedicate time to God. You think it would be easier to push the plate back and to fast and to deny myself. But it's not any easier today than it was when I started. Why? Because of my flesh. Because I am who I am. And so Wednesday night, I said, well, you know, I I don't want to get too weak. And so I went ahead and I ate Wednesday night. Now, in the nighttime is where it's my rough time. All right? You want me to fast breakfast? Done. I hardly ever eat breakfast. That's easy. In fact, I could probably count. If I'd start counting that, maybe I'd get some points for it. Just say, I'm going to fast breakfast every day. Hallelujah, anyhow. Maybe get some points for it, right? Right? Lunch? Eh, not too big of a deal. Two or three o'clock in the afternoon is where it starts hitting me. And I start going, oh, dear God, I feel. Like I might faint for the lack of energy that is within me. Oh, Lord, it's not right to kill yourself like this, is it? I feel like I'm killing myself. And then that night, that's right, Sister Green. And so then I say, no, 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 no. I'm going all the way. You sorry sucker. That's me. That's myself. Josh, you're going to get this right now. And so I said, you're going to knuckle down. And so Thursday night comes, and I'm, 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 I'm salivating at the thought of food. And I'm feeling weak, and I'm feeling jittery like this. And I feel my legs are going like this, and I'm going, dear God. And as I went over to the stairs, I said, this is murder. And the Lord said, exactly. Right there, going up the stairs. He said, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's murder. You're killing your own will. You're destroying your own flesh for the purpose of aligning yourself with me so that I might flow through you in order to get done what I desire to get done. See, folks, it's not what I want to do and what I want to get done, it's about what he wants to get done. It's about what he wants to happen. And he's saying, go ahead, put your flesh on that cross. Go ahead, deny yourself, put your flesh on that cross, and let me open up the future before you that will come through your flesh crucified upon the cross. Amen? We cannot have the Christianity that has comfort and no sacrifice. We're comfortable. We're very comfortable. We're very superfluous in this country. But Christianity, God's Christianity, was never about comfort, always about sacrifice. Crucify yourself. Therefore, in Galatians 5 and 24, Galatians 5 and 24, I don't have it memorized yet. It says, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and... Lusts. Let me read that again. They which are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. That means if I am God's, if I am truly His, then there is a necessity. To get my flesh up on that cross and start killing out of me the things that are contrary to God's will and God's purpose. I've got to get out of my mind and my spirit uh, the lust of the flesh. I've got to get out of my spirit the lust of my eyes. Uh, I've got to get out of my heart the lust for material things, uh, the temporal things. I've got to get out of my heart the lust for what I want and the comfort uh, for, what, for what benefits me. Amen? So he says, if you are Christ, you are crucified. Now what does crucifixion mean again? Can somebody help me? Death. Always death. Every time, death. That they hang for the purpose that that cross draws out of them every bit of life that they have to live. So the Lord says, you're going to have to pick something up. You're going to have to put yourself on something and carry something that begins to cause your flesh to not be able to breathe any longer. You're going to have to do something yourself. Now what I thought was interesting about this that is very essential for us to understand this morning. Now I want to read this to you. This crucifixion of the flesh is not referring to my death in union with Christ. Romans 6 and 6 is in the passive voice. This is very powerful. When I saw this, I went, oh, my God. It's in the passive voice, which means that God is the one who joined me to Christ and put to death my old life in Adam so that I am now dead to sin and no longer under the power of sin. Our old man is not the same as the flesh. The old man is the old nature. The old man is what God put to death in Christ. Amen? Are you with me? So it's something God did for us. When he died on the cross, he became my sacrifice for me. I didn't do that. I didn't purchase my own salvation. I did not join myself to Christ upon my effort or my energy or my sacrifice, right? But what happens in this, the difference in the text, Romans 6 and 6 is a passive tense. But in Galatians 5 and 24, and they that are Christ's, have crucified the flesh. In that sense, crucified is in the active voice. So what that means is literally that I am doing the action. So while Christ reconciled, or while God reconciled me unto Christ, He's the one that did that. It is not God's job to crucify my flesh for me. The only person's job that it is to crucify the flesh in its wants, its desires, is me. I want you to point your finger at yourself today. Is me. I'm the only one that can put myself up on. The cross. What this literally means in this, going through this, the verb put to death in Romans 8 and 13, talking about the flesh, is a present active, which means that this is a continuous action that I have to do. It means in the present active, it means Every moment that passes is active. This moment right here, I've got to put to death the deeds of my body. This moment right here, this second right here, I have to continually mortify the deeds of my flesh. This second right here, I've got to make sure that my flesh is under... some. This second right here, it is a continual action that is imposed upon every man and woman that is a follower of Christ. Every single one of us, every single moment of the day, And if you don't believe me, you say, Brother Carney, that's a lot. That's a high thing to begin to do. That's a lot of responsibility. I don't know if I can do that every moment of the day. You might not be able to do it right now, but give yourself five years of practice, and I promise you, you'll be in a completely different place than you've ever thought that you would ever see yourself or you would ever perceive that you would ever end up in. Amen? It's interesting when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, the Lord looked upon him and beheld him in love, in love. He looked upon him, he beheld him and he felt love rush into his heart and he said, you've done all these things, you have one thing to do, sell everything that you have, give it unto the poor. Take up your cross and follow me. Notice this. Jesus speaking to him says, take up your cross. Jesus in Matthew, he says, if any man follow after me, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In other words, my cross might be different than your cross, but I can't carry your cross, and you can't carry my cross. He commands every person to continually, a present continuation, that I take up what I have issues with, what I fight with in the comfort zone. Whether it be pleasure, whether it be buying stuff, all of these different things. Now I noticed the other day the Lord began to tell me a few different things and I'm going to share them with you. They might not be your things. But I've wondered since the beginning of this year, Sister Grant, why the Lord, I knew that He was wanting to purify me. But I did not know the extent. I didn't know the why. I didn't know the reason. And this last Tuesday in prayer, the Lord revealed it into me. And He hid it into me last night, laying on the bed praying. The Lord asked me, folks, I love, I'm just going to tell you this I love suits, I enjoy suits, wear them all the time. So I like different colors, different styles, different patterns. The beginning of this year, the Lord said, I would gotten four new suits. They were beautiful. He said, put those suits in the back of the closet. And I said, that's ridiculous. There ain't nothing wrong with those suits. They're modest. You know, they're holy. They're not bad. I said, he said, but put them in the back of the closet." And I fought him over it. I'm making a long story short. He asked me, he said, Put golf aside. I enjoyed playing golf, I loved to play golf. He said, Put it aside. Just put it aside. I'm not saying forever, just put it aside. And I've asked, Why, God? I understand that you're purifying me and preparing me for my future, but I don't understand the purpose of why I can't wear those things that I have bought. And last night, laying over the bed, as this began to hit into me, my cross is different from your cross, but I've got to pick up my cross. And the Lord said, you love these suits a little too much, and I don't. You love this golf a little bit too much, and I just want to see if you'll pick up your cross and follow after me. Just want to see if you'll do it. And last night, laying over the bed, I began to weep. Because I said, God, if I never put on those suits. I have to wear black and blue for the rest of my life and it irritates the fire out of me, I'll pick that up. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? Sounds ignorant. But yours might sound ignorant as well. Yours might sound a little ridiculous because we all have our quirks and we all have our issues. We all have our things that God is saying, look, I want to purify you and if you'll be willing to give up these things and deny yourself. See, it wasn't so much about the right or the wrong, but it was about denying a love that my flesh that I had. It meant nothing for the world. meant nothing to the world. Meant nothing to God. But it was something that I loved. And he said, look, if you're going to go forward in me, there's going to be some crosses that you have to bear. There's other things that I'm not going to go into this morning that you're going to have to pick up and you're going to have to carry that on your back. You're going to have to come back to that place where you get yourself up on that cross. Why? Why do I have to get myself up on that cross? Because he said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he went through that pain. See, the cross always gets out of you the things that are contrary to your future. God could not be who he was supposed to be. Jesus could not facilitate his ultimate role in life, still dealing with the flesh. But when he got on that cross, the cross removed from him the thing that would keep him from his future. His future was to die. And when he died, it would release salvation into billions of people. When he died, he would become glorified. And his purpose would become accomplished. And forever he would stand and make intercession for us. But he couldn't have done that without getting on the cross. Because the flesh, his actual flesh Was standing between him and his purpose That's the reason why he said Listen, Romans 12 said I beseech you therefore brethren By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice God doesn't want you to crucify and die in your life He just wants you to put your will on that cross He just wants you to put your flesh on that cross. And when you put your desire, your flesh, when you get it on that cross, and it begins to suck. It's last breaths as you literally are murdering a part of you. What you don't understand is there's joy that comes after. Who, for the joy that was set before him, he said, I see it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I'll endure the cross. I'll go through the death. I'll lose myself. Why? Because of what was coming around the bend. I want you to stand to your feet all across this place. I know the time. I want you to raise your hands this morning. I feel like the Lord is already doing something in this place right now, and it would behoove us. It would be beneficial to us that we don't just say, This is Sunday, this is Sunday school, and I'm gonna listen, I'm not gonna do anything. I just want you for the next two or three minutes, that will give us 10 minutes for us to change the orders of the service. But for the next three minutes, I want you to lift up your voice, and I want you to begin to pray to God. And I want you to just begin to say, God, I know that this is the wrong time for a preacher to ask for self-denial and self-sacrifice. This is not the season for self-denial. This is the season for self-gratification. This is the season to where we, we indulge on things. But God, right now, if you would allow me in this moment, Lord, I pray that you would allow me to put my flesh, that you would help me to begin to put my who I am and what I am up on the cross that I have. God, Lord, I've lived too long in comfort. I've lived too long in comfort. And God I, I need there to be a cross. God I've lived too long just doing what we wanted to do. God what do you want to have happen? So right now I am changing my mindset with every bit of strength that I have and every bit of purpose that I have. God I'm changing my mindset that it would not be about my comfort and my desire but that it would be about your will and your purpose." Oh, God, that I would change, Lord, for I know that you desire worship. You desire prayer. You desire praise. You desire sacrifice. God, you desire commitment and dedication in God right now. You desire a voice that will proclaim your mercies. You desire a voice that will lift up your goodness. You desire a voice that will lift up your praise and your worship. So, God, right now, hell. I have a hard time doing it as well, but it's essential to see the joy that is coming around the bend. It's essential to see the promise that God is going to bring forth. I want you to lift your voices up out loud in the Holy Ghost right now. Lift up your voices out loud in the Holy Ghost. Rondolobokiri a rondoloboshatambaye Rondolobokishitae la rondolobokashatambaye Rondoloborondia la bakia rondoloboshatambaye i arandara mbashanda la kurondolobashataie rondoboye Randalaba la bashanda I will throw everything of who I am into, the, into your kingdom, I will throw everything. I'm not going to sit back in comfort any longer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catapult myself into your purpose and into your promise, God. Hallelujah. Can we clap our hands to the Lord right now? Hallelujah. We're going to need help in the service. You're going to take what you've got right now, and we're going to push it into this coming service. Amen. Is there anybody here right now in this place, and I just want to say this, that has never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that has never before spoken with other tongues? We're all family. You saw what happened last week. I just want you to raise your hand. If there's anybody here you've never spoken with other tongues before, Awesome. Never spoken with other tongues. Never spoken with other tongues. I'm just going to ask you, since this is all informal, do you want it? You want it? You want it, sir? Okay. I want you to prepare your hearts. We're going to dismiss right now, but I want you to prepare your hearts because in this coming service, God is going to pour out His Spirit and those that want the Holy Ghost that are willing to put yourself on the cross, That's part of that repentance, God. Not my will, but yours. I'm turning away from what I want, and I'm moving toward your path, God. I'm denying myself, and I'm receiving you. That's all you have to do. And God's going to pour out his spirit upon your hearts, upon every heart. If you know of somebody that has not not had that renewal in a long time, we're not going to ask for a raise of hands with everybody's eyes open right now. But if you know somebody or you yourself, I want you to know this morning that God is going to pour out His Spirit upon you and we are going to receive of the Lord what He has for us this morning. Can we shout amen? Hallelujah. You're dismissed for a little bit here. Thank you so much.